Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. Matt Harmon is here and there's been... A little bit of stuff that went down, but mostly we're just going to chat. Is that is that okay with you, Matt? I find that to be acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess as a robot, you agree. I we um, can talk. I'm tired, so I could use a little bit of caffeine. Coffee talk. Do we still do that every episode? Do we I play mean, the drop? We did today. Yeah, it's like jazz. It's about the drops you don't play. Often, you know, there's Brett, producer Brett. Ever who, who had the who had the under under on whenever Brett would start talking, you it hits. So Matt, you <laughs> <laughs> you a couple of uh, a month ago now, I don't know the weeks have all blended together. Talked about you coined the phrase, "Will the Rams walk into the quarterback wilderness?" Mm-hmm. Looking ahead at what they'll be strapped with were they to re-sign Goff at a, an average to above average franchise contract. Mm-hmm. And now, team might be unsure of when they extend Goff. I mean, yeah, that was the um, the phrase that was used. Uh, speaking Tuesday, I guess, at the uh, owner's meeting or whatever. Was it the breakfast? The breakfast. Um, Rams coach Sean McVay said he was unsure when the team would begin those extension talks. Interesting. And then he went on to say, Jared's obviously extremely important to us, but those are things that we know we want to get him done at some point, whether it happens this year, next year, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They haven't gone into depth with it yet. So there's something to, to discuss here because obviously the, the Eagles, on the other hand, have said that they've that like reports are out that they are have already begun those extension talks For with, Carson Wentz. with Wentz, uh, who, of course, you could say while. I would I would argue that Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Jared Goff, but has not had a cleaner path than Goff has, who obviously super durable. One has, of them actually played in the Super Bowl. Yes, one of them actually played in the Super Bowl. Again, yeah, he hasn't had as tenuous of a career. Jared Goff has not had that that Carson Wentz has. So it's at least interesting just to note, it probably means nothing, but could we see Jared Goff play into his contract year? I wouldn't be totally well, surprised. Well, that's what we were talking about when you mentioned the pressing questions issue that, Lord, did we talk about a lot of pressing questions. Um, <clears throat> and one in particular was, will the Rams have the stones to not make a deal with and that? I don't, yeah, I don't think that they will. I think that no team... I don't know, man. I Again, like, they've added Blake. 
There's no way McVeigh believes. I am. I am in a hundred percent belief that Sean McVeigh knows that he is in Jared Goff's ear, and that's why Jared Goff is successful. Yeah, yeah. I think that Jared Goff is a good starting quarterback in the NFL, and mm-hmm. I think he would be successful in a place. Like, whatever Nick Foles gives the Jacksonville Jaguars this year, I'm quite confident that Jared Goff, if transplanted into the exact situation, could give them that plus probably a little bit extra. But do I think that Jared Goff is this statistically productive of a quarterback without Sean McVay? I don't. So they have to ask themselves too. But again, but that is why would you pay over twenty million dollars when you could pay under twenty million and have Sean McVay, Cyrano de Bergerac himself into another postseason run? Because this is the this is the great debate about quarterback wilderness, right? Is if you let go of Goff, who for not not for nothing was the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I had him ranked ahead of Wentz. I'll admit it. Yeah, is is a hyper talented quarterback. I think he throws. A great, like when I posted the 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 poll about who's a better, like how much better is Jared Goff than Andy Dalton? I think what Goff gives you more than Dalton is that I think Goff throws a better deep ball, is a better deep passer. I think both by the numbers and just watching him play. So I think that Goff brings something on his own. If you're going to let a player like Jared Goff walk, which again I don't expect the Rams to do, because you're then you're just welcoming anything to happen. And I would love to see it because I think that many quarterbacks could walk in to that Rams offense and be productive, but I don't know that they'd be as productive as Goff. And I don't believe, I definitely don't believe that any team is willing to accept that risk. Think as it goes sure, beyond, that part is absolutely true. Because it goes beyond McVeigh. I agree with you. I think that McVeigh probably thinks to himself, I bet I could get 80, 83% of what Jared's bringing to the table with some other guy. But it goes beyond... Like Blake Bortles? Maybe. I mean, you don't think this is a little project, a little side it's project? It's definitely a little, like, McVeigh flex yeah, sort of like project. Yeah, like I'm building a guest house in my backyard right, starring but he's, Blake Bortles. Right, but he's only there for a year. But I, I, I agree with your point that I think McVeigh probably believes he can rehab those type of players. But this goes beyond the coach's decision because... The GM has to get on board. And every mm-hmm. GM knows if you botch a quarterback situation, you you know, the the target goes on your bat. This this goes to ownership. This goes to investors, et cetera. Like the whole I don't know that anybody is gonna especially in a high pressure environment like playing in LA, is gonna just watch There's you. a high pressure there's situation a high pressure to playing keep in people, Los Angeles. There's a high pressure to keep people's attention to capture I think the Rams have done a good job capturing the city's attention to a greater degree than most people thought that a football team would in LA. Sure, but they're also trying to fill a stadium where PCLs are 75 grand a piece. Like that's not going to happen. It's a corporate stadium. Like that is how sure, they're going to make yeah, money no, on their be... stadium is boxes. Like But I still think they want to have a fan base. They don't want to be a joke. They want you know, to, when you go out to bars in LA, that you want to see Rams fans. I know that it doesn't come I mean, I look, nobody knows more than I do that this, that it's a it's a big crock in terms of like fans saying well listen the team answers to us because if we don't start buying tickets and we don't buy apparel it's like, not no, Green yeah, yeah no it, no team works like that on. no team works like that because it's a shared revenue system it all it all comes back to the tv money so i'm not saying that the rams are suddenly going to be in danger of like financial disaster no but i think they still want to keep but when accounting attention. ego they want to admit that the move from st louis was a success fine that much i will i will grant you 
I just feel like if there is a team who is in a position to do something not normal, right, to not just follow suit, it might be the Los Angeles Rams. I agree with you. I think about the Seattle Seahawks back in the day. Sure. When they were a That's do- a great comp. When they were a dominant defense, they had a dominant running game, and they had a quarterback who I don't think we realized at the time how good he was. Like, if you go back and rewatch Russell Wilson now at this point, you're like, oh, of, co- of course he's great, because we know now that he's not just a frenetic, like, random make-things-happen player. He's a good passer. He play, He can play within structure and then elevate outside of structure. But at the time, it was like, well, why don't they just try to find the next Russell Wilson, you know, another third-round quarterback that they can pay on the cheap while they've got all these other guys, you know, coming in, like, free agency, mid-range free agent guys like Michael Bennett and Cliff Abril in adjoining an addition of defensive players that you're already going to have to pay. So... I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting thought experiment. Again, I would love to see a team do this. I just don't believe that the Rams or any other team has the stones to do it. Interesting. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. But, you know, stick with the Rams. I want to talk about some um, running back stuff. I want to talk with you about All some right. running back stuff. Could there possibly, we're looking at some of these mock drafts, right? It's dra- next month's our draft season. Get ready. We're going to talk about rookies. It's all going to happen. Matt and I are going to go with producer Brett down to Nashville. We have some good stuff planned. It yeah. is. I mean, there could be some country music stars I was hearing about. Yeah. You know, I like that. Yeah. There's definitely going to be some cowboy hats, some hot chicken. Matt, you didn't tell me about this hot chicken. <laughs> you don't know about Nashville I didn't know hot about chicken? hot chicken, and I got very uh, excited. I mean, well, here's the thing. You're going to have to tell me about it because you are the one that's going to be going to Nashville like the week before me, <laughs> Two right? Two weeks before, yeah. Yeah, so I mean— But then we're going to go together. Then we'll go but together. But not on the same flight. On the way back, though, Yeah, right? on the way back. Liz has a problem flying by herself without me. <laughs> I do it all the time. Yeah, and here's, <laughs> the, here's the thing, Brett and, and, and <laughs> listeners. Here's what happens when you fly with Liz. <laughs> she finds you in the airport— attaches to your hip, <laughs> wants you to walk her around the airport and make sure she's, you know, safe and whatever. That's not true. Close enough. You know, she wants you to be by her side. And then she's like, oh, let's get on at the same time so we can sit next to each other. Because it was no. a Southwest flight. And then, no. and then and then we get on the plane and then there's another seat available next to, I don't know, a high-ranking uh, official in a department of Yahoo Sports, and then she'll go and sit by them and leave your ass to sit with a bunch of random teenagers. I'm just saying. It's totally true. It's totally true. Liz will, Liz will, you left me at the airport altar, and I have not forgotten it. <laughs> to sit next to my boss and get a bonus. Sure did. Great. Great. <clears throat> well, guess who didn't get a bonus? And, well, I mean, But I you know it. what the downside of that was? I was too intimidated to eat the avocado toast that I had you come with me to buy. Yeah, yeah. I but re- if I had I sat remember. next to you, then I would have eaten the avocado toast because it's you. So I was real hungry <laughs> when I got off that flight. Well, <laughs> karma strikes again. <laughs> anyway, I will buy you. I personally, not on my corp card. I personally, Liz Loza, will buy you hot chicken in Nashville. Oh, it's going to be exciting. We're going to Instagram it. Anyway, yeah. let's talk about... Running backs, because as part of this draft mania, lots of people like to do mock drafts. Really original concept. And um, I've seen a couple of them in which the they have these these drafters, these mock drafters, have the Rams taking the Alabama running back Josh Jacobs at the end of the first round. I mean, mm. would you if you were to do a mock, would you mock in the same way? No. 
I mean, for one, obviously the Raiders are taking Josh Jacobs as one of those first round picks. I know they just signed Isaiah Corral today, but come on, that backfield before before I mean, even after today is in like as worse a shape as anybody. And you know Gruden thinks he needs a foundational running back, whatever, whatever, whatever. So for one, no. The Jacobs. I don't know if Josh Jacobs is like a Gruden kind of running back, but I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I, I'm just being a little facetious with sure. that one. But the real reason, no, I don't expect the Rams to take a Rayman in, in the first round. I mean, where are we with this girly situation? I mean, is he dead? No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they also have John Kelly. They have John. Sure, they have John. I Kelly. mean, I still have a, I still have a crush. Well, a you know, crush. you know me uh, as a, as a, I know. Hashtag they don't matter. No, no. And beyond that, the other theory that I must hold to is consistently being a contrarian. So the fact that everybody, you know, on football, Twitter, fantasy, Twitter, whatever, loved John Kelly last year, I must immediately think at the first evidence that he doesn't immediately crush it. I'm like, wow. But he did crush it in the preseason. Ah, but the preseason, you know. Well, that's what he's running by attack. I will admit to you that it's a little concerning that after Malcolm Brown went down, or actually that before Malcolm Brown went down, John Kelly didn't get run mm-hmm. behind him. Um, and, you know, last week we talked about Malcolm Brown, in fact, assuming that he would end up with the Lions. But, in fact— He's back with the Rams. They they matched the uh, offer, offer sheet. sheet. And so Malcolm Brown, coming off of an injury, so that—and then in response to that, C.J. Anderson tweeted rather frustratedly, I just want 16. Yeah. So Hopefully leads me to believe that CJ Anderson's not going to be back in Los Angeles. It was a great moment. Congratulations. But Malcolm Brown would be. And I agree with you. It seems ridiculous to me that Josh Jacobs would go to the Rams at the end of the first round, no less. I mean, if anything, I think the Rams are <laughs> who just paid a bunch of money, extended this guy to a bunch of money. Um, and now he's going to have stem cells treatments like that. I would you would imagine that they not want to spend first round money on a running back again. They've learned a lesson, perhaps. Luckily, if you are... Um, I'm going to pull up just running back contracts right now as I stall a little bit here. But, like, luckily, if... You know, when you take Saquon Barkley in the top five, you immediately make him... This is this is part of, you know, why this was such a bad pick, is you immediately make him one of the highest-paid running backs in the NFL. Um, Sony Michelle, who went in the same range that uh, Josh Jacobs would uh, be paid... You know, when in the first round last year, he's much less, you know, he's sandwiched between like Adrian Peterson, Peyton Barber, uh, Frank Gore in terms of like, he did go with the very last pick of the first round. I thought he fell to the second, but you're right. Yeah. So around the same area, uh, the pick pick 31, the the second to last the first round. Yeah, that would be around the same area Mm -hmm. that, that this Josh Jacobs guy would go to the Rams. You're not paying as much money. So maybe if the Rams view themselves is okay we don't we can't identify any other clear positions of need that we should draft right here maybe they take a luxury pick like that but it would seem a lot to me I mean Todd Gurley you know not for nothing Todd Gurley is 24 years old he will turn 25 August 3rd uh the day after another well-known person's uh birthday I'm talking of course about Tom Brady what what day is this? I think Tom Brady's August third too. Oh, I thought you were talking about your own birthday. Your birthday is yeah, in August. I blew the, no, yeah, the I will not. Yeah, no. Tom Brady also born on August third. Tyrod Taylor's born on August third. When are you born? No, I don't want to read that. August off. what? No, no not like August, he, revealed, he actually revealed to be in a meeting yesterday. The fourteenth or something. No, it's actually pretty close to the third. The seventh. It's the second. 
The second. But I knew it was around there. Don't tell other people in this office. I'm not a big birthday person. I oh, don't. Oh, listen to him. Oh, don't tell no, anyone no, my birthday's no, 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 August. No, 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 no. We can talk about it on the podcast. I'm a Leo. Or are you a Virgo? You might be a Virgo. No, it's a Leo. Okay, yeah. But I don't like I don't want people to there's a few people I don't want to know my birthday because they're a little extra about that that's what stuff. is baby Zach gonna put like a dirty like cake fork in I your... tried to help baby Zach clean his desk today, <laughs> but we're off we're off subject. You know who's not twenty four? Andrew Whitworth. He's thirty seven. Yeah. I, True. I I know they I don't necessarily they need, to... need to spend a first round pick on a, a lineman, especially considering the depth at that position in this draft. But still, if we're I think that's looking a, at positions of need. I think that's a, my computer's freaking out on me right now. I think that's a very realistic spot for them to take in the first round this year because not only did they they have an aging left tackle who is at this point year to year for sure. I mean he theoretically could have hung it up this offseason they just lost roger saffold Mm -hmm. um they lost their starting center too their offensive line is a clear position clear position of weakness right now i think going into next year from they already showed in the playoffs that they were you know not a a strong pass protecting unit now they might take some hits in in the run game as well so i don't know i mean i think there that's a spot they could build up but it does seem crazy to me that we're even having this conversation about todd Gurley again he'll be 25 in august he still seems so young. I mean, it is fair to note that he came into the NFL with the knee issue and now apparently has an arthritic knee. I mean, look, I can't I can't squat and not have my knees crack either. So, I mean, I got we've all got issues. Bro. But, yeah, I know. You need to take some glucosamine or something. I know. It's, it's a problem. But we'll see. Speaking of bad knees and running backs, let's talk about San Francisco. Yeah. Derek McKinnon is still going to be on the 49ers in 2019 per John Lynch. Um, so now you've got—I <laughs> mean, we've, we keep saying this, I feel like, although you and I do—we did a live stream yesterday and the podcast, so a lot of these thoughts, I can't remember which which thoughts we've had on which shows. We're just hoping but, that people don't listen to the same thing and they don't hear it twice. Right now, you've got Jarek McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, Alfred Morris, Jeffrey Wilson. That's a lot of running backs. It's a lot of running backs. And, and what it was it Kyle Shanahan said like a week or so ago— yeah, we might very well have four playing at once. That's not impossible to have a four-headed Hydra. Right, because I think they all bring something different to the table. I think McKinnon and Coleman have a the little bit of overlap. overlap in terms of the receiving ability. But I also think they're very different type of receivers. I mean, I think McKinnon is much more of a traditional guy that you could get out there to run routes, etc. I mean, he has good hands. I think you're looking for more like almost... Not vertical, but for in running back terms, like deeper vertical plays for uh, Tevin Coleman. You want to use him and on screens as well. Well, McKinnon is more of a finesse player, would you say? Yeah, but I think Coleman makes more sense as an open field runner when he gets that head of steam and et cetera, because he's a he's a larger back as well. yeah. Yeah, so they can be used differently as receivers. You know, it's not like this is a receiving core that's necessarily flush with talent. I think Dante Pettis has a chance to be pretty good. Marquise Goodwin is. I think pretty good too if he stays healthy, but that's never part of the equation. Uh, and of course, they have George Kittle, but beyond that, there's not a lot of established names here. So I, I can see both of those guys being, you know, maybe 35 to 40 catch players, which isn't, again, you're not going to love in fantasy. And then Breida, I think, brings something different from a running back perspective. I think he might be the best fit in terms of what they want to do as an outside zone scheme uh, when you're looking at this team. I feel like if you could remove either. McKinnon or Coleman, this could make a lot more sense. You know, you'd have Burita on early downs and then you'd have Coleman playing the role he played, frankly, in Atlanta. But 
I think that's the thing. If if Brita wasn't a part of the equation, I would feel pretty confident saying that McKinnon because even when people when when McKinnon was signed last year, people were like, oh, maybe they use him similarly to the way that Tevin Coleman he was, was used, used. Tevin Coleman was used in Atlanta, but. Mm-hmm. Shanahan was much more willing to compare him to Devonta Freeman. And I don't know that their skill sets are all that similar, but I could see if, again, if Brito wasn't part of the equation, I think it would look mm-hmm. very, very easy in mm-hmm. that you could translate McKinnon is their Freeman, Coleman is their Coleman. But Brita, again, I think throws a big wrench into this because I, I just really like him as a player. He's also cheapest. He's also definitely so going to be, be the So let him be the battering ram. He's going to be the cheapest. Um, but I, I think also, too, they're just... They're open to the fact that, look, we really want to be a very, very good run team and we're willing to allocate resources. The only one who costs a ton of money is McKinnon. Um, but yeah. we're willing, but not at this point because they've already paid that money. It's mm-hmm. over and done with. Now he's not such an albatross on the team, but they want to be a good run team. And they realized that last year they suffered through so many injuries to the point where we were talking about guys like. Jeffrey Wilson as fantasy starts at different points. Yeah, I think a lot of this, too, is like, well, injuries can bang us at any point. That was a team that was wildly hurt last year. So why not have the insurance if you paid the money? Hey, Liz Loza here. Time traveling. Before you listen to this upcoming segment, which is full of impressive nuggets, know that we are aware that Jordan Howard has been traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, that information came after we recorded. So keep that in mind as you listen. We'll dig into this trade more next week. Don't worry, but just want to give you that little heads up. Someone who played with Tevin Coleman in college was Jordan Howard. He went from the state of Indiana for college to the state of Illinois for the pros on the Bears. Trade rumors are happening. Not particularly surprising. No, the the, the surprising part is that apparently not only are they fielding offers, they're picking up the phone to call other teams. So outgoing offers. Yes, they're, 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 the calls are outgoing. The call is coming from inside the house. I find this one f- still very fascinating on a couple of different ways because one, uh, Jordan Howard, I think is a really good runner. I, I think is, a, a, where does he fit though? That's the question. If he leaves this team, which it seems. He doesn't have great hands. He He's not an asset in the passing. Well, game. and that in today's NFL, I mean, this is the same problem with Aaron Jones, right? You need a back who can do both things. And if that back who can do both things is on the field, you have defenses guessing. Yeah. But if Jordan Howard is on the field, probably under Matt Nagy, this is a run only play. Yeah, right. I think that is. The, so there's a predictability issue here. You're 100 percent right. It's a predictability issue, because I, I think that if you ask Matt Nagy, hey, is Jordan Howard good? You know, and he was drinking some truth serum. I think he would tell you, yeah, Jordan Howard's a good runner, of course, but he makes my offense too predictable, and I yes. don't want to. I don't want to be predictable. No, and- he's like young, hip. That that's the whole thing. Like Nagy and McVeigh, and we'll, we'll see what Cliff Kingsbury does with his phone breaks. But you and know, Matt, Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur, there's your boy. That's right. Um, Zach Taylor. Uh, Zach these Taylor. guys are all hip and young, man. Zach Taylor looks like uh, you know he is literally 19. I mean, it's. Uh, weird when i say that someone looks uh looks you know looks young but. i really like matt nagy though i mean i don't know matt oh, lafleur is real real boring he is boring his favorite beer is miller light apparently oh yeah yeah very fascinating i know he didn't go with like spotted cow or something that's more he's not that ingrained in the culture yet that's gonna be um, a problem but anyways 
what the hell are we talking about? We're oh, talking Jordan about Jordan Howard, Howard yeah. trade rumors. So Jordan Howard, I think like, I don't know, where do you, where, like off the top of your head, where do you think is a good place for, for him to fit? The Raiders? The Raiders, I guess I could see that. He would be cheap, which is not, I mean, that's the crazy part about this, right? Like, even if he's predictable, it is wild to be like, oh, we have an obviously good starting running back on our roster uh, and he's dirt cheap. Uh, I don't hate Philadelphia. Were yeah. Jay Ajayi to not, I mean, I know the sides are talking, They're talking. but you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I think Philly might be a good fit for Jordan Howard. Philly would be the, for fantasy, would be great. I mean, that would be an easy layup type place. But again, runs they run a theoretically similar offense with Doug Peterson in there coming from Kansas City with Reed as well. But they have so many of those scat back types, those receiving backs that, I mean... They they need some legs. Like they they need, some need some legs. Josh, Adams. Well, what about Tampa? I I don't think Jordan Howard is like fast enough to mm-hmm. be an Arians running back. He loves those like quick vets too. I mean I mean I know David Johnson was like a you know a second year guy. I think when he got his real shot, when he got his starting yeah. shot. Yeah, very fair. I mean it's it's he's uh, not an edge run. Like no, not at all. I mean, he's but all they have right now is Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. <laughs> hey, 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 I know you're hey. like a Ronald Jones truther. I don't know how it happened either. I don't really. I mean, I don't know if his parents like bought his way into USC like everyone else is apparently. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a story. Um, uh, yeah. I wish Juju Smith-Schuster would talk about this a little bit because he's like a Trojan. What are your boy Marcus? Like, I have so many questions for all these like hardcore trojans well juju is already busy dealing with the antonio brown ben roethlisberger like pulling him in two different directions did you see the the tweet that he posted of like hugging ben roethlisberger and he was like it's been a joy to be you know mentored by one of the best leaders and yeah yeah i mean you gotta you know he believes it too because it took him a month to post it it's just so transparent. And especially uh, yeah. from a dude who's used social media in such a creative way. Like, yeah. But hey, you know. I like that AB uh, posted on Instagram too, like the the picture of them hugging, like, you know, never forget what, what I told you. Like, it, you know, it's all business. I totally get it sort of thing. Like after. He oh, posted. is the response? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great stuff. Uh, one, other, one other thing to note on this bear situation, if and when Jordan Howard does leave. How do you feel about Mike Davis? I mean, they gave Mike Davis that a was how decent we know contract. Jordan, I, $3 million a well, year. I mean, if I'm thinking about, like, I, I'm going to admit that I didn't, like, grind a lot of Mike Davis tape last season. Oh, well, turn um, in your badge and gun. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> but if I'm thinking about predictability, I, I mean, I don't know. Is Mike Davis that like that unpredictable? Much of a, yeah, yeah, is it like <laughs> that much? Like, I, then, oh, well, now I know for sure that, that this is a run play of Mike Davis's. Right. Mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I th- I still think that... But maybe this is a this is just a insurance. Oh, it yeah. certainly could be. Like, I think the Bears could identify somebody in this draft yeah. that they want to take, and then we're talking about that player as very interesting, whoever this theoretical running back is. So keep an eye on that. And I know you also have big thoughts about Jared Cook to the Saints. I don't understand why you are burying Jared Cook, <laughs> why he's buried in this outline. This is this is the hottest story of the week. I mean, fantasy football longtime darling Jared Whoa! Cook. How many times has Jared Cook been a big story and then and then not? And then the big story was actually that he disappointed. Jared Save Cook, for twenty eighteen. But the thing is, Jared Cook has been frying pan hands. Yeah, he sure does. Fine, but he's been fine the last two years. 
he was great last year at a career year. Yeah. Right. He's kind of the only one there in Oakland yes. for sure. But I think he played really well uh, just watching the games. I think I think he played well in 2017 as well. So which sample size do you prefer? One year or all of the one. ones that came the before The more recent it? one. So there's again, no credence. So then, so then for Alex Smith, had one good year and then he went to Washington and became a pumpkin again. Like, is the dude a pumpkin or does he have... Uh, pixie dust on him. Like, you, you got to choose. I mean, Jared, there's no denying that the Saints have a need at tight end. We've been saying that since the offseason, right? Yes. I've pounded the table for Irv Smith, the, the rookie tight end, a ton of times. It's probably unlikely because of the number of or the lack of number of picks that New Orleans has that he'll land there regardless. Sure. Because he, it's a good fit. It's a good fit. It's great. And Jared Cook has been a good. He went. He played with Aaron Rodgers. Wasn't wasn't that supposed to be an amazing thing? Yeah, but he was hurt most of the year. I think that's the important womp thing. Womp. Here. But <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. The, I think his stretch of good play started in Green Bay during that stretch there, and he played pretty well in Oakland in 2017. And then obviously has the career year last year. So I think Jared Cook, Jared Cook, has Jared Cook Gook, is right. I'm mixing Cook and Goff. Uh, Jared Cook has had a, a stabilizing effect of his career over the last three seasons since getting out of that dumpster in St. Louis with the Rams when they were there. I will give you this much. The fact that the Patriots went hard for Cook leads me to believe that maybe he's not as bad as the oh I don't the, since since 2009 like uh, again <laughs> for the past nine years let's also give some credence to I'm not saying that Cook is great I think he's better this than, is a situational thing this is a situational thing plus I will stick up for Cook and that he is not as bad as your tainted memories and the tainted memories of fantasy owners hurt abroad uh, those those memories abroad? that you all have of him yes the, the all abroad oh, all abroad not like out of the country Oh no! Oh, everywhere! All uh, like the 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 world out out of the country. The fantasy players in London—they're hurt by they're hurt by. Jared I'm trying Cook. to remember. I was like, was there a particularly bad London game? No, where no. He just Look, the, the analogy <laughs> doesn't go that deep. Right. But my point is, I think we could also give some credence to the fact that Jared Cook played in a lot of bad offenses with the Titans, a lot of bad offenses with the St. Louis Rams. Oh, by the way, the thread that connects here is Jeff Fisher. So he's I, a I, tight end. Yeah. He's a security blanket. He should have a decent amount of receptions and targets. If you have a bad quarterback under center, I don't know. And you're the tight end. The I think that's more of a trope than anything else. Oh, that's a yeah. That that's a trope. So that's why the Saints don't need a tight end. Like, isn't that the trope that we've been selling? Because Drew Brees is an aging quarterback who clearly slid down the stretch, and so it'd be helpful to have a big body in the middle. Well, I think that to work helps. as a freaking security blanket. I think that also helps. <laughs> I also think if you look at what else is on that roster outside of Michael Thomas, I mean, there are who's another giant slot receiver who's helping. But he plays outside too. I mean, look at look at these guys that, that that's uh, there. Cameron Meredith, huge question mark. Traquan Smith, we don't even know if he's really good. And then Ted Ginn. And, we, you know, we got to points last year when we're talking about players like Austin Carr and all these other jokers in this, you know, Dan Arnold or whatever. Uh, that's that a name that popped up. Converted receiver to yeah, tight I mean, end. So I, I think that this is just a really interesting signing. Again, 
Liz, it's the tight end position. There are so many awful options out there. How can you not be at least a little fired up about Jared Cook because going to the Saints? Because this year's draft has like three incredible potential impact players, which never happens at the rookie t- for and, rookie tight ends. And their 30 catches are going to be wonderful. But I would like to think that a veteran player in a great offense yeah. with the year old Jared Cook. Can't wait. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know what? We'll have He's to five put years some... younger than Ben Watson, or maybe seven years. I don't even know. Ben Watson. Ben Watson is like, 40. like Methuselah by this time. All right. You, I like Chris Godwin. You like Chris Godwin. I hear the hype trains running again. How high is too high for, for Chris Godwin? Let's just like go through Like round wise? Yeah, like 12 team? Yeah. Ugh, I hate this. My, my, head, my head's trying to do math. Like, I don't know. I'm probably not going to take him ahead of the. Do you, think he could, do you think he could be a in top a 20 round? wide receiver? Do you think he'd be a top 20 wide receiver? Yeah, I think that's a yes. I think he'd be a top 20 wide receiver. But where, like, where are we drafting? Like, what I think was that it? A player, fourth round, third round? I think about a guy like Allen Robinson back in 2015 when he started. He was a guy that, you know, myself and everyone else hyped up that year. He started in like best ball drafts in the summer as like a ninth round pick. Godwin's not even going to be there by the time people are really best balling. But like by the time redraft season got around, it was, you know, then it was like, oh, now he's a fourth, fifth round pick. Harmon, do you still want to take this guy in the fourth, fifth round? I mean, now he's not that value anymore. It's like, no, yeah, still take him because he's going to be good because he's going to even outkick that price. And I think there's a chance that Chris Godwin, uh, that we've liked him forever. I mean, he's a tremendous player and it sounds like he's ticketed for this kind of hybrid flanker, big slot receiver role, which is just total money in the bank for a guy that has his skill set. You know, Bruce Arian says he could be a hundred catch guy. I'm not going to pencil in a hundred catches just because old Bruce says so, but in an offense that I think is going to have to be passed first with a quarterback who while he has his own flaws, is certainly capable of feeding weapons. Yeah, hell yeah. I think fourth round is totally fair. Like, get on get on board. And if you are one of these goofballs out there... I don't that, know who's not on board with that. Though. Who's not on board the Chris Godwin? Everybody's it's, on board. It's not even a hype train anymore. It's just like the train. Yeah, that. but that's what... We're going people, into the city. But, Liz, people, not not other analysts, but there will definitely be people out there that want to fade him just because everybody likes him. Oh, contrarians? You're not familiar with that type of... Contrarians, but there's a difference between being a contrarian with something, you know... so irritated with me. That's like a bit. This is amazing. (laughs) Versus being a contrarian (laughs) just because everybody else... hmm, I'm trying to back myself out of this corner, but I can't get out. There's a difference, though, when the the opinion is correct. Like, Chris Godwin is obviously great. That's a correct opinion. Don't be a contrarian about a, a correct opinion. Right. I mean, John Kelly's trash. I didn't say he's trash. I just, you know, sometimes <laughs> I can't. I'm really trying to get myself out of this mental. Listen, we all pick and choose, right? And Chris Godwin is a hill that you're willing to die on. And John Kelly just doesn't move the needle for you. That's fine. He's a running back. You know, he doesn't matter. <laughs> Touche. It's a great way yeah. to end it. Um, really quickly, a little connection to Chris Godwin, obviously out of Penn State. Greg Giannu, who has ties to Penn State, and not in a great way, but still has those ties. He, before even becoming the Patriots defensive coordinator, resigned. He's going to focus on his faith and his family. I wonder why he wasn't focusing on those things when he was coaching at Penn State. But, hey, we're all forgiving. Yep. Amen. (laughs) 
forgiveness. Um, I think that uh, so um, there's a conspiracy theory here. Yeah, I mean, we'll really, I, frankly, I mean, I'm just sad that we never got to see Antonio Brown, the Buffalo Bill, run through Greg Schiano's secondary with the New England Patriots twice a year. But uh, you know, sometimes missed opportunities in the NFL lead to new opportunities, and uh, we'll see what happens here. There is a particular conspiracy theory that the internet is in love with that would say that Chris, um, Bill Belichick's son, Steve, now has the opportunity to become the team's DC. And we've then, seen this nepotism before. Wow. This is very, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's happening with the New York Jets. There, you know. there are like six members of the Turner Fisher, family yeah. uh, on the Carolina Panthers offensive coaching staff. It's like a family reunion every day at work for, for North Turner and his, and his sons and it will be nephews. interesting to see who is because obviously brian flores right like he's, gone. Yep. he's not available so um and matt patricia so it would be interesting worth noting see. that they just brought in their former linebacker jared mayo remember him mm. uh, they brought him in as a defensive assistant maybe he just walks right into a defensive <laughs> coordinator job after being a player like two years ago well, I mean, Rabel, it worked for Rabel. Yeah, it did. Like to, you know, go on And then on he could be head coach of the Titans in three years. Fantastic. He Vrabel, would work out on the sidelines. Vrabel, he is so, he is uh, not, he's not bad looking. I'll say that much. I will tell you, like, the, the coach's breakfast picture. Yeah. Uh, like, him next to Zach Taylor, who we talked about yeah. earlier, was like, yikes. I spotted the same <laughs> yeah. thing. And then Freddie Kitchens right next to him. Freddie Kitchens looks like Sully coming off, uh, like, an Auburn tailgate or something. I know Freddie Sully Kitchens. didn't go to Auburn, but who cares? He went, he's a vault. We all know he's a vault. Uh, is he a vault? I, I had no idea. I never heard. I, like, have said, like, maybe 17 words to the guy, and I know he's a vault. Um, We've also name-dropped so many coworkers on this podcast that... uh no one knows what we're talking about. You know what? Let's get to there are more than co-workers that listen to this podcast as evidenced by the fact that we have a voicemail. We're sorry. Hey, guys, I'm really excited for my Cleveland Browns this year. But I got to know, should I draft any Browns players high because they might take points away from each other? I want to win my league almost as bad as I want the Browns to win the Super Bowl. Thank you. Wow. What an enthusiastic <laughs> caller. Didn't leave a name or number to call back. By the way, speaking of cell phones, how annoying is like these these robo calls centers at this point? Like I'm not I don't get any real phone calls anymore. It's just all fake phone calls. From like ads, I have a stuff. series of apps that block uh, multiple apps that block calls, and still well, I see, probably get like ten a day. This is a this Matt is doesn't a, do apps. Yeah, this is a a big uh, paradox for me. Contrarian, he has, I, a, yeah. he has a he has a uh, like a Motorola flip phone. That's Dude. what I told baby Zach yesterday. By the way, I was like, yeah, I had to tell Harmon about TaskRabbit. And then uh, that's when we talked about the pink hair. That's totally separate conversation. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, but all the apps, though, this is another thing that it grinds my gears, the apps. You know, everybody's got – we've got people that work here getting their groceries delivered to them. Like, Instacart. Get your, get your groceries. Instacart, go to sure. the Go to the damn grocery store. Interact with the world around you. I don't know what to do anymore. This podcast is just going to turn into the Andy Rooney <laughs> section of, of 60 Minutes. I know. And <laughs> complaining yeah. about movie theater I mean, etiquette. Task Rabbit, you get somebody to come do your chores for you? I don't think so. Not in my world. Go out, do your own chores. Grow up, America. This is the oldest millennial. <laughs> Liz, never tell Matt when your children are going to get a mobile phones of their own because oh, they're he'll, not have, getting he'll have an opinion about it. They are not getting Listen, them. Listen, back in my day, we got a cell phone in eighth grade. What? 
Yeah, I know. I know. You had a cell phone in eighth grade. Yeah. Did you get a cell phone in eighth grade? Ninth grade. I had a little calling card though. That was what I had back when public phones existed. Oh, my rich parents kids. got me one of those pu- like calling cards. It's like you call this number and you punch in your little code, and it's like prepaid minutes on the little card at the public phone. You ever I'm one younger of than you guys though, so yeah. I mean, we got. To, but like, kids are getting iPads at like two years old. Now. No, they're getting them at five. For the record, my kids don't. My kids don't have any of that stuff. Well, I'm just telling you, I know one relative of mine got an iPad at two years old. That's so. insane. That's like not good for their no, neurological. None of this is good for for us. That's why. That's why I'm trying to tell people get off these apps and go do some stuff outside. Anyway, so Browns, it's going high in I mean, fantasy football. Yes, like, I, I, <laughs> so I, feel, I feel like he's asking about the OBJ and right, Jarvis so if you Landry draft thing, Jarvis Landry and, and OBJ, the- and those are your two wide receivers. Are you putting too many eggs in one basket, and are they in? theory, you know, taking targets away from each other. Man, if I would say, Matt, I don't know about you. I'll say that if Cleveland is as explosive as we are anticipating, then own all the pieces of that pie as possible. I don't care about double dipping. I, I mean, especially if you're in a PPR. I mean, if you want Jarvis Landry, Landry, then I hope you're in a PPR league and assuming that in a full point PPR league and assuming that's true, like load up on high octane offenses and don't worry about who's going to get targets because at the end of the day, the points all get added together. I remember a beautiful time back when I started at this company before everyone hated me. Um, Nobody hates you. <laughs> Do you love how he always makes it about him too? Oh, for I've God's sake. I've had several off the record conversations about Matt. People See? do hate him. Thank you very much, Brett. Thank you for validating the fact I know that everyone hates me. But anyways, remember when we were up in Sunnyvale uh, doing our first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football podcast? Yeah, I can't podcast believe you got invited to that with- so early. <sighs> was this the Southwest flight where you sat next to No, uh, this is senior. a different flight. No, I definitely didn't fly with him on the No, she on wasn't the- sure. Wasn't- she wasn't sure about me yet. <laughs> I didn't like I'm him. I'm just surprised. See, she didn't like me. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Anyways. I'm just surprised our bosses were even flying Southwest. Can we like stay? Two, can, <laughs> can we? Can we stay? This episode. Woo! Can we stay on the point here? Which is, I remember that on our on that first podcast episode, we were talking about this, and because Dalton brought it up and was like, "Look, I never think about this. If if a player is good and at that value is the you know quote unquote best player available, I'm taking the player. I'm not letting like if I have other members of that. You know, I brought back, brought to the point like I 100 percent agree with you. Unless you know, I'm not drafting like necessarily two. Like I might break a tie in favor of another Buffalo Bill on my roster, but. Right. If it's but that's one not of a the, high acting offense. Exactly. If it's one of the if and as you say, if the Browns are going to be one of these types of offenses, think think the the Broncos back during the Peyton Manning years. Think of like Aaron Rodgers when he had all of these wide receivers. Think last year with the Chiefs. Was anybody bummed if they had both Tyreek Hill and, Tyre, and yeah. Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt before he you know had to be sent away or Patrick Mahomes? Like, do, do, if you nail whoever this like great breakout offense is going to be and you get a couple of pieces from there sometimes that's the difference in winning your league because you just you know whoop every week so no and i do think the browns can hit that sort of potential so i'm I'm, digging on freddie kitchens man i think the coolest thing about him is his transparency and you know i was listening to an interview with him and i thought oh man he really reminds me of bruce arians then i was like well of course he does because he was in Arizona for a decade. So, like, that makes complete sense. He feels to me like very Bruce Arians acolyte-esque, which I love Bruce Arians. Happy to see him back. What about with uh, the Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb situation? We haven't addressed it on the show. Uh, Hunt was suspended for eight games. Yeah. How would you you answer the listener's question in regard to the running backs on that team? 
I'm not drafting I'm, a running back that's going to sit for eight games. So I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt like eating into Nick Chubb's well, production. But I'm, I'm saying, Chubb, I mean, Chubb, we all talked about this at the end of the year on this podcast. Everyone was expecting Chubb to be top 10 running back next year. Now we have a, a, a situation where first eight games, he'll probably be awesome. Second half of the season, he might be splitting reps with. But I'm not going to try to win the second half yeah. of the season yeah, 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 before yeah. week one, right? That's, like I'm going to try yeah. to win week one, and week one, Nick. Ch- if Nick Chubb is a top ten court, a top ten running back for the first two months of the season, aces because the waiver wire becomes and in fact, like week eight, week ten is when you have the Gus the buses and the Josh Adams, although he trailed off towards. I'm trying trying to think of other guys like the Alice Collinses that pop all of a sudden, and that's when you pick up those guys. So I'm not ranking him that differently based on the Kareem Hunt edition. This this is the thing with with players is you just can't get like emotionally attached, especially to a point where you know that this is coming, right? If you draft Nick Chubb, you know that in eight to nine weeks, I don't know, whenever their bye week is, you're going to be bummed out. There's going to be a moment. Maybe. Almost. Maybe. Almost definitely. Because there is, I don't think there a scenario exists where Kareem Hunt comes back to the team and does nothing. You know, there's going to be a big difference between think think about what Alvin Kamara was. I knew you were going to make that analogy, and I don't think it's a, a correct comp. Why? Because the first four weeks of the season, Kamara is a total and utter workhorse. Which, by the way, like that we could see that sort of scenario again this year. Even though Latavius Murray is there, you know, Murray I mean, the is issue not, there is just um, durability and whether they're going to want to feed him. Sure, but to the point, like. We saw him be a total and utter workhorse. And while he didn't fall off the face of the earth by any means, nor do I think Nick Chubb is going to fall off the face of the earth, there was a step back because of the lack of touches when another proven good player in Mark Ingram entered the picture. And I think a proven good player in Cream Hunt is going to come into the picture and he will demand some level of work. I'm not saying that he's going to come and usurp Nick Chubb. I'm not even going to say he's going to come in and have a 50-50 split. But if he takes 35, 40% of the touches, there's a margin for error there that Nick Chubb is not going to be able to sustain. It's just a fact. Sure, sure. I mean, yes, he will take touch. He will see some touches, but I'm not sold that Kareem Hunt, who they got so cheap, is automatically. I mean, this is a guy who's not going to have played. Mm-hmm. He, there's a, a rust issue. There's a soft tissue issue that could result from a rust issue. Like there are so many more question marks to me, and they're at, in an offense that's new. Like he has connections to the GM, but he doesn't have yep. connections to yep. Freddie Kitchen. Like there are a lot more question marks than like Mark Ingram, who was the one B to Kamara's one A for a year before, and also had been on the team for years before, and an understanding of the playbook before. Like to me, there's not that comp. Also, I mean. Th- you're talking about running backs. Like, hey, guess what? When you draft Mar- Melvin Gordon, I don't know what week is it, what week it's going to happen, but you're going to be bummed out eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I agree. I agree like, with you. That's why I'm I'm not I'm not advocating that you don't draft Nick Chubb. I'm with you that I'm drafting Nick Chubb because if he look, if he lasts eight weeks as a big time workhorse, you nailed it. Yeah, you nailed right. it. You nailed it. So yeah. we're on the same side here. Yeah. I'm just saying that at some point you're definitely going to be almost certainly going to be bummed out. There's no world in which you don't. Well, listen, if you drafted Todd Gurley last year, you were bummed out. Well, 
towards yeah. the, I mean, in the in week 15, 16. There's a lot of great appealing running backs out there that you can draft, but there's a lot of ways you can get bummed out by drafting so, a running back. Even though I might sound like I'm getting emotional. I mean, I am a woman. That's what we do. Um, <sighs> no one said that <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, you have to remove your emotions from the situation while drafting. But I do love that this caller was so amped about the Browns. And I think it's awesome, man. If you want to load up on fantasy players from the Browns because you're a Browns fan. Do it. Do it, bro. Yeah. We are in agreement. Mm. All right. Well, that's any, it. I'm looking at Brett. You have anything else for us? I would just say call the voicemail line. You don't have to ask a football question. I stress this. Like, ask, oh yeah. And Liz, I know you stress this, stress this as well. Like, just life questions, relationship advice, food advice, workout apps advice. advice. Which one? Which apps, ones? Yeah. Apps. Which, which ones apps, you should delete? Which apps grind your gears? Like Matt, the the number is eight 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 five Yahoo. That's eight 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 five nine two four six six. It was a couple months ago. I went and while sitting up at lunch with some of our my coworkers, uh, del- just deleted. A wide glut. variety, a glut, yes, a glut of apps for my phone, and it felt great. So you're telling me that you wouldn't need a phone break like Cliff Kingsbury believes his players need? No, I think that's great. I mean, look, I'm a, I mean, I'm a dumb millennial like everybody else. I'm on the phone, just I'm not on all these like needless apps. Here's what I need my phone for: Twitter, Instagram, text. Don't even bother calling me. Don't even bother calling me. I'm so going to start calling you instead of Don't texting even now. Me. Uh, email, which I'm iffy on, but company says I need to have it. And like, I don't know. That's probably it. Well, my dog camera. Yeah. Uh, that's an app that I have. And that's it. It's nice to be able to look up restaurants on the go Yelp. via the Yelp app. Yeah. Sure. It's nice to have Slack. Not because. No, 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 no. I don't do that. Well, not I, I was going to say that. not because for work related reasons, but because my group chat with my friends is in Slack. No way, it's much better than a text. Are you kidding? I'm trying to think what apps I have are really are really Oh, well, and of course the Yahoo Fantasy app. The podcast app? <laughs> the podcast app? The Yahoo Sports app? It's nice to have Uber and Lyft. Yeah. It's some free advertising for you, Uber. Are, are we doing this? Are we no, doing we should probably, doing <laughs> <laughs> we should probably stop. Oh, you know, I'm going to say Marco Polo is a really good app. You should try that not, one. No, never heard of it. And with that, I think we should end the podcast. Okay. I don't, what is that? No, you tell me. My, my person who I live with is a avid Marco Polo or I, I don't Do you I like don't it. Part, I don't partake. What the hell is this? It's like video texting. Oh, no. No. Forth. Yeah. I've heard about, actually, I have heard about that. <laughs> no way. Uh-uh. If I get a Marco Polo one single time, I I, I will be. You, will you be have as, to have the app to receive it. Well, listen, I better not did you get, get any a, invites. Did you get some like, I feel like Matt might have gotten a, like a Marco Polo after dark situation. I have no official comment on oh that. Oh, my statement. gosh. So on that note, call the hotline, call the voice, leave a voicemail, which is certainly not. As you can see, we as you can see, we really only know how to talk about football on this podcast. Uh, that's 888-859-2466. Matt's got hot takes. Mine are a bit cooler. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. I memorized it. Nice. Peace. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. 
Auto Trader.